Welcome to another episode of B2B Revenue Leaders. I'm your host, Dustin Tizik. On this episode, I'm joined by Michael Cole, who is the VP of Marketing at Everflow. We dig into all things partner marketing, including what B2B companies can learn from B2C and how to really measure the true success of your partner program. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the show. It's great to be here. So this one, you know, we're going to focus on partner marketing. Um, I mentioned a little bit before we started, not my background. So I'm looking forward to soaking up as much as I can here. So for our listeners who, you know, it's maybe not their background and it's kind of a, a broad term, right? It could mean a lot of things. How do you look at that broad book bucket? Like how would you define it and what falls under that? Yeah. So the best way to think about partner marketing is sort of, I mean, straightforward. It's all the marketing you do around your partners. So there's a couple different sets of that you have your referral relationships as you start to scale and you're looking for other cost-effective sustainable channels that becomes like affiliates, influencers, working with any sort of relationship on a like cost per performance basis. Uh, so I think that's one part of it. Then there's the other side of partner marketing, which is like the B2B SaaS world where you're doing sort of co-marketing activities with partners to so say you have an integration or tech partner. How do you actually start like reaching their customers? and sharing your customers with them. Those are sort of the co-marketing side of that, of like webinars, uh, joint content pieces, et cetera. So partner marketing, it, it's a pretty broad umbrella and there's a lot of different ways to go with it. And I think that a lot of it is like sort of about speed of which one can you go to market the fastest way. Nice. And you mentioned, yeah, the B2C strategy and B2B being a little different. One thing I'm curious about there is like, what do you think they could learn from each other, in particular on the B2B side? Like, do you spot some activities and strategies that they could benefit borrowing from B2C, but maybe we're a couple of years behind? Yeah, I think it's sort of the, the realization that you need to be growing more of your partnerships as a whole is something that B2B, they typically do it out of like channel and resellers mm-hmm. and sort of like this very like giant company partnership where it's better to go the opposite towards like super micro, like for one thing to be successful in partner marketing, the easiest way to get started is to build referral partners. And the best way to build referral partners is to just ask your customers to refer business to you. Uh, so anyone who really loves your product, like they should be a referral partner. They understand your product as good as anyone. And they probably know some of their peers that would benefit. So that that starting with the small rather than the large side of partnership is something you can learn from consumers. And the other side is I think influencers is going to be a huge piece of B2B moving forward because LinkedIn has become such a strong social channel. And there are tons of people that talk to the right audience that you could bring on as influencers for your brand. The same that a B2C company. would. For sure. And on the referral side, like we we had drastically underestimated how much our customers were referring to us until we added a self-reported attribution field. And half the time it's so-and-so at another company referred you. So I think a lot of companies are maybe missing out on incentivizing that opportunity. Um, so one's not even incentivizing. It's just building a formal process. You really want people to raise their hand. And you have to ask, like, even if someone loves you more than anything in the world, they have a day job. They're not mm-hmm. going to just make referrals all the time because they just, it's not top of mind. If you just ask, hey, is there anyone who would benefit from using my product? You can actually get a lot of referrals that way by just making it, hey, here's a formal moment to stop and think. That, so that's a good point. I want to ask around that is, what are some of the key points you would tell people to focus on on when to ask? 
Interesting. So for one, I'd say it doesn't really matter them. Uh, well, there are right point deaths, but for the most part, it's someone actually, it's who you ask. If someone really loves what you do or your product, they're probably going to be happy to do referrals. And you can try and figure out, oh, maybe this time on this day and everything, but that's all a little too fussy for me. Really, you just want to ask and just make sure that you're not delaying. You're not trying to overthink it. So uh, that's one way. The other time that's really good is if you're doing anything around like net promoter score or asking, hey, would you recommend this product to someone else? As soon as they, they give you that high ranking, you should send them an email at that point like, hey, we have a referral program. We'd love to have you join. And is there anyone top of mind that you can start sending over our way to get this this process moved? Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. I've done that more for, you know, G2 reviews and testimonials on that, but we have more than enough of those now, so it might be time for us to switch to the referral side. I guess the other thing I wanted to touch on is, and this comes up in almost every episode regardless of topic, but attribution and how to track all this. E-commerce, B2C, probably a little easier, I would imagine. So yeah, what are B2B companies doing wrong or how should they focus on attribution here? Yeah, it's amazing how many marketers that are like CMOs of companies still don't have any idea of like a, a strong attribution plan. Um, I'd say, especially for partnership attribution, there's a couple different pieces to this. You want to make sure that you're checking pre-engagement or like the engagement piece, the pipeline piece and post customer engagement. So what do we mean by that pre customer engagement? Those are things like, do they sign up for a webinar? Do they go to your blog? Do they check out your pricing page? These are all metrics that really help you understand where to focus your time because with partnerships in particular on a B2B SaaS world, there's a thousand partners you could do, big and small, and you really want to figure out where to focus your time because it doesn't matter how well they align are aligned with you. If there's not a champion on their side, nothing's going to happen. So as soon as you find a company where they're regularly sending you traffic and that traffic's engaging with your website, that's a place to focus your time. Even if the total opportunity is teeny compared to other companies, you have someone who actually cares and is going to make things happen. So those engagement metrics sort of sh tell you where to focus. Then you, you obviously want to track all the pipeline stages. Mm -hmm. So you want to get your CRM integrated and start going from lead to qualified lead, to, uh, prospect, and then finally customer. And especially for partnership people in particular, Inside your company, you want to start looking at more than just customers. You want to look at what happens afterwards. So in our business, when we look at referral, like customers that came through referrals, they have 2.2 times longer retention. So if an average customer were 10 months, they would be 22 months. That's such a big difference towards your lifetime value. And partnership people tend to not have any metrics at all, and especially not a metrics about what happens afterwards. And those are the things that really tell you Oh, we only got five customers from partnerships, but their value is more than two times as high as everyone else. They also convert faster. They upgrade to more expensive plans. These are all things that really let you understand where to focus your time and really appreciate the ROI and where to devote resources. Yeah, I think the LTV piece is something I, I would say myself and all marketers sometimes don't think about on a per channel basis, right? It's, you know, this is our LTV or LTV to CAC, but you don't look at like, Per channel, what you're at, um, I guess, just tactically on the front end, because you mentioned, you know, tracking by source and how much referral traffic is that primarily done through 
you know, links, UTM parameters, et cetera, or how do you usually handle that? Yeah. So for the engagement stuff, that's always going to be linked based tracking. Obviously we we're a partner marketing platform. We provide this tracking solution. So this is how we do it internally. And the way it works is that when the user gets to your website, that's when the tracking happens. So whether you're using Google analytics or our platform Everflow, you would have the same way to handle it there. I think the, the big thing to keep in mind, especially with partnerships is you really need to give them some sort of reporting or transparency. So you have to build some system where they can see, okay, how many people did I send over to you? What are the stages of those people in terms of your pipeline? That transparency, it's really hard to make it scale without giving them something that they like have as a motivation. I did this effort. What happened from it? They need some sort of feedback loop. And a lot of times there's not, you don't even need to include money in here. You just need some way to let them see, oh, your efforts actually led to something. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, it, it's trust. Like they're putting their trust in you to tell their colleague, these guys are a good product and they want to see how that turns out, right? They're, they're putting the reputation on the line. Um, and I guess to jump back to, actually, I think I know what direction you might take this, but let's see, I'll phrase it a different way. Uh, so in 2023, you know, everyone's doing their plans now trying to figure out what do you think are going to be some of the key things on partnerships? Like what new areas do you think people are going to focus on? Yeah. So partnerships is one of those fields that is last, like 2022 partnership was incredibly hot. Um, there's a couple companies that came out that any company that wants to explore partnerships on a B2B SaaS world should be using, which is Crossbeam or Avil. What it does is it allows you to connect your CRM to your partner and see all the overlaps. Okay, here's our 30 joint customers. Here's 50 of my customers that are your prospects. Here are 100 of your customers that are my prospects. Let's figure out how to get a conversation going so we can make these introductions and get more customers. That is incredibly clear for making marching plans. So companies are getting better and better at this. But we've already seen towards the end of the year that the partnership profession, there's been a ton of layoffs there because partnerships has a billion different opportunities. It's really hard to justify ROI on it because if you're just doing all these like pie in the sky things and you have no tracking and no reporting, you're always going to be vulnerable when there's like a, a layoff period. If you're not tied to revenue, you're always going to be on the chopping block. So I think that what we've been seeing is Partnership people that start aligned to aligning to that pipeline are going to be in the best spot. And I think that that's just going to be all companies as a whole. It's like, how do I get this performance element clearly in my reporting? Because I need to show my boss that partnerships is the closest to pipeline of anyone at the company and is the most essential piece towards cost-effective growth when you don't have infinite capital to spend. For sure. And I, I think that's a really good tactical note that I'll just highlight the tying the CRMs together because I've I've had to do the old what is it like MD5 hash share these things and anonymize it on your own and it's a nightmare so yeah. being able to tie that together is huge um oh, it changes everything yeah you 100 it's the lowest hanging fruit it seems like um and then just you mentioned this very briefly earlier on but the whole micro influencer space in b2b you know there's general partner marketing and you have a webinar with people but there's a lot of new routes popping up, whether it's paid posts, uh, different communities. Can you think of a couple examples there of people who are people or companies who are doing this really well that, you know, maybe some people could learn from out there? I mean, I think one of the best examples is a company like Metadata. Mm -hmm. So metadata.io, not only did they start with like the, the Dave Gerhardt 
um, relationship. They were like the first sponsors of podcasts. They did consulting with them. That got them a ton of people in the door. It really got the, their name out there in a very successful way. And not to mention that their own podcast is fantastic and they built their own influence on the top of that. So I think they're a great example of someone who's doing it super well to go from a company with lower awareness to a company with like very high awareness. Yeah, I mean, they've even transitioned that into um, their community, right? Their yep. man community, which I'm part of. And, you know, they're getting all their buyers there, whether or not you use the product. So definitely lots to learn from. Um, one area I'm curious about to see what people are going to do is more on the, a little bit on the paid side. So, mm -hmm. you know, getting a micro-influencer, someone well-known in your space to speak on a LinkedIn ad organically or Instagram ad. And I haven't seen a lot of that yet, but I'm curious if people are going to start trying that finding ways to incentivize it more because it's so common in b2c yeah yeah there must be something to do there but it's one of the funny things that there's so much to do in paid media before you even get to that point and maybe it would work well but especially it's a little bit hard because linkedin the like conversation ads are an incredible ad channel that work really well and all the other ones are much harder to make roi on so Unless you can crack those other ROI channels and maybe influencers is the way to make that work. It's, it's hard to devote ad spend over to that side when conversation ads are just so effective. And then Google ads, there's like a billion like optimizations to do before you really need to worry about even creative. For sure. Yeah. And LinkedIn's going to be extra interesting because they're changing the conversation ads in the new, I think Q2. And, you know, I already have the focused inbox and personally, I'm really liking it. I'm not getting getting spammed as much so we'll see how that all turns out yeah i'm, I'm hoping it won't the conversation at because they're shockingly good at getting in front of the right people right now exactly yeah cool and then i guess the last thing i want to wrap up i did mention kind of generally in 2023 and partner marketing trends but you know your company you know, i assume uses your own product you know has their own partner channel what what are you really looking forward to or looking forward to testing out yeah, so I think one thing is we're really, we made a giant change to our referral program and we're very interested to see how that performance uh, ends up turning out. Um, I came from the uh, affiliate marketing world on like the, the consumer brand side um, as an agency. And so I know that world pretty well. And now we're switching to going from paying like a percentage of revenue to just paying upfront $250 and then paying additional as they scale into becoming customers as the pipeline progresses. Mm -hmm. And um, we just made that switch uh, this month. So we've been ramping up our existing referral partners into this new thing. So it'll be very interesting to see how that turns out. It, it's always tricky when you're paying um, upfront because you have a very um, high, high likelihood that you'll get some misincentives where people start mm -hmm. sending you a lot of junk leads that will never become customers. And then you're spending all your time cleaning up. Um, so it's something that's challenging to do, but I, I mean, I, we know from our side where our platform is also used by a ton of like lead gen companies on the, the more like consumer insurance finance side. And that's a really proven model affiliates generate like billions of dollars there. There's no reason I can't work for B2B, but it's always one of those things that you, you really have to be careful and judicious about how you approve people in and how you manage it. So that's what I'm most excited for is just us getting that refined 
because it, it's awesome when it works and it takes a lot of work to make sure that you are incentivizing aligning the right way. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's something marketers think through in a lot of ways, probably more for outbound. Like I've dealt with that, honestly, with SDR agencies, for example, where you're paying them per meeting. I can't guarantee those meetings are going to be good. Have you um, ever seen them be good? Rare. A couple. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have one right now that's doing a good job, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, the, the incentives being misaligned, huge issue there. Cool. So I think there's, you know, lots to learn from the content you put out, content Everflow puts out. So if our listeners do want to learn more and explore this, where should they go to learn more? Yeah, you can follow us on LinkedIn. Uh, just go to Ever, just search Everflow Partner Marketing Platform. You'll find us. Uh, we do regular fireside chats and content around that. So you can get a feel for our brand and, and our team. And then you can always check out everflow.io. Uh, we do a 30-day free trial if you want to try it out. And we also use Walnut for our, our product guides. You can actually go through an interactive guide and sort of see what the platform looks like from the inside, how you would use it, and why to use it. Um, product guides are its own interesting world. Of, they, they solve a ton of problems, uh, but they are a thing that requires a lot of like testing and tweaking to make work. For sure, yeah. Cool. So I'll include those links to the website, LinkedIn, et cetera, in the show notes for anyone who's listening. But Mike, thanks for joining me and teaching me a bit about partner marketing. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining me for another episode. My key takeaway here is just how important it is to look at the full picture and look at retention and LTV for referral customers. So in Michael's case, he did that. He saw a 2.2x increase in retention time and that referral deals close much faster. So really understanding the actual success of your program is key to justify the ROI of it. So make sure to look at both the front end with time to close and close rate, as well as the back end with retention and LTV. So that's all for this episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, give us a review over at Apple Podcasts. And yeah, can't wait to talk to you again.